The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so. <clears throat> excuse me, up until 3 o'clock Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, uh, blow up whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. That'll take you over into the chat on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there. So good morning, guys. Good to see you. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and then also we're on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a uh, a spot on their platform at Before It's News. Uh, right back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Um, again, right up under where you uh, where, where we're streaming, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, that's at the top right up under that stream. Um, you can get all the articles we put out, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive, right in your inbox each day, late afternoon, early um, early evening. That's all the articles we have, including the morning show archive. So be sure to do that. And then also our store is available. I didn't open that up, but uh, you guys know because I've been talking about it before. You can get there by going to thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com or the store link off of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, the new book by Bradley, All the Prophets Are Pointing to the Fronts, out. You can get it for 10 bucks. Also, if you want to continue to get, uh, some of you are continuing to get uh, The Soldier of the Cross, you can get that also. It's $10. There's a bundle there for that one. And then the new book should be out, I guess, sometime this month. I, I don't know. Um, so... Bradley has become the little penman. I mean, he's he's writing like a crazy man. Uh, so that's that's a good thing, though. Uh, and there's never a, a shortage of books, are there, um, that we can get our hands on to learn things and uh, and to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And you know, God's given certain gifts to certain people. 
And um, Bradley has a particular gift, and I have one, and so do you. Uh, if you're believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're part of a body and that body is moving in the earth. And look, guys, I don't look at things pessimistically. Can I look and see God's judgment? Yeah, I can see it. I can also hear his word where he calls men to repentance. He, he gives space for repentance. He does that. When you read the book of Revelation, you'll see in between those judgments that come. What is he doing? He, there's silence. He, there's, he doesn't do anything. He backs off from it, and he waits to see, are men going to repent, or are they not going to repent? Well, Tim, you said yesterday he's got to grant repentance. You're right. Men are dependent upon God for everything he demands of them. They're, de- they're, they're absolutely dependent upon him. And that means me, too. I'm not distinguishing myself out from somebody else, but that's the way it goes. All right, so this morning... Ah... <laughs> uh, Okay, I don't know what it is. <clears throat> Somebody has sent me two video. This is the second video somebody has sent me of this this lady, right? Now, uh, let me just premise that what you're going to hear here, what you're going to hear here, what you're about to hear that she didn't come up with, okay? I know because I heard the same thing from some guy, I don't know, several years back. The lady's name is, she goes by Auntie Coulette, I think, on Facebook. Seemed like a nice enough lady. So this is not an attack on this lady, okay? But it will be dealing with some things she says. And it translates over into a lot of stuff that I hear from people. I mean, some of the most, in, in many cases, not all the time, but in some cases, just completely biblically illiterate. In other words, they're not versed in the Scriptures enough to where they could really answer any questions directly from the Scriptures because they're not in them. But they hear something and they run with it. Right? Like the people, you know, running around saying, uh, you know, all picking all kinds of things to say, this is the mark of the beast, and then picking all kinds of, you know, I call it pinning the tail on the Antichrist, trying to find out who the Antichrist is. If they were as diligent about following Christ as they are about finding out who the Antichrist is, the world would be in a whole lot different shape than it is. I can tell you that. And that's where I'm going with it today. I'm not going with the thing of just trying to bash people because that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not helpful. Exposing their error, that's helpful. Calling us to repentance, that's helpful. Um, but... You know, bashing people to be bashing people, that just that doesn't do anything, okay? So this lady here, again, <clears throat> I'm not going to be bashing Auntie Coulette, okay? I'm not going to be bashing her, but I am going to, I, I, she, she put out a video that's nine minutes long. The contents of it, she got somewhere else, because I'm, I'm doubting she probably went and looked at it herself. She might have, she might have, um, but it's real interesting. I'm not going to say it's not an interesting thing. But uh, just take a listen to this, and this is the same stuff. To me, it's when you get into things like this right here, this is what discredits whatever you might say to win people and bring them into the kingdom. Uh, To me, it does that, okay? Okay. 
Take a listen to what she has to say. We'll break in on different parts and make some comments here. But she's not alone in this. And it's not just what she's saying here. It's it's a whole mentality because other people come at it from a whole bunch of different angles. And I'll give you some of my past on some of that as well. But uh, here's this uh, Auntie Colette. She's on Facebook. She's on TikTok, I guess, under that name with a underscore in between the, the two words. Here she is. Want to break the Internet? You asked for it, so let's go. Who is the Antichrist? One of the greatest mysteries, not only of the Bible, but really of our world since the beginning of time. It's not Something since the beginning of time. Theologians, scholars. So, so I'm, see, I'm going to have to break in. It's not since the beginning of time. You could not have an Antichrist until you had Christ. So Christ comes. We're going to look at it in a minute. John says there are many antichrists now. Why? Because it is the last time. And what did we look at in the kingdom series that we did? We went through all of the places where the Bible talks about last days, last times, in time of the end, all of the... What was it talking about? Was it talking about somewhere out in our future? Or was it talking about somewhere nearby in the first century? It was talking about somewhere nearby in the first century. That's what it was talking about. We read the text in context. We didn't deviate from it. I didn't pull a verse out here and a verse out there. We went in the context of what was written. So this has not been going on since the beginning of time. It hasn't. Have people tried to pin the tail on the Antichrist? Yeah, for hundreds of years. You know, I growing up, uh, in the 70s and 80s, I never heard about Antichrist. Well, in the 70s, let, let me put it that way. I never heard about Antichrist. I never heard about a market of the beast. I was in junior high school at a free will Baptist. Boy, you, you want to talk about a self-righteous school uh, over here in Cramerton, North Carolina. And um, I, I was over there before I even heard of Mark of the Beast. I didn't even know what it was. But I did remember in the 80s, we'd went to Kmart. You guys remember what Kmart was? We went to Kmart, and my dad had picked up this book called, I want to say it was called The Coming Cashless Society. It had a picture of George Washington like he's on the dollar bill thing on the front of it. This was in the 80s. And it was talking about, you know, the, the little chip that you, that you could put under your dog's neck, you know, so you could track them and stuff. And this was going to be the basis. And we see that stuff... Uh, evolving more and more. They're wanting to do it in humans, and some humans have already you know, taken it so they can access, control their doors and stuff at work and all this other stuff, okay? But this hasn't been going on a long time as far as a lot, a lot of this. Now, we know the Reformers did come out, and they called the papacy Antichrist. I'm, that's a fact and evidence. And probably if I was in their shoes, I would probably maybe see that. A little more than what I do. Um, <clears throat> but the point was, is they were calling out him for all of his crimes. It wasn't just they were pinning a, a tail on the Antichrist. They were calling him out. They were exposing the evil there. And then they were calling people to follow Jesus. Okay? And I think that's what's really missing among a lot of these, these guys who do the prophecy stuff. Because they give you all this stuff, but when it comes to educating you on how to follow Christ and pointing you towards that, they're a little lacking in that area. 
All right. So, sorry, interrupted right off the bat. Here's the rest of it. And even Nostradamus himself. Since the words were written in the book, the Bible, countless people over time have tried to figure this mystery out. The very same mystery we may have just solved today. I am just here to state the facts. Do with it what you will. Okay, but now. If I were to tell you the name of. Hang on a second. I am just here to state the facts. Do with it what you will. But watch what happens. She doesn't just state facts. She starts stating other things that go on in this. So, so pay cl- close attention to what she says. Of the Antichrist may have been given to us already by none other than Jesus Christ himself and none other than this book right here. But first things first. TikTok, this video is purely for entertainment purposes only. All facts stated are strictly speculation. Oh, let's go. But before we get down to the nitty gritty of potentially the Antichrist's actual name, we will first need to run through some of the attributes. The attributes of the Antichrist that the Bible says he. That's right, I said he. The Antichrist will be a man. The attributes that he will have. Oh, and FYI, yes, the Antichrist is in this world as we speak. Okay, all right, okay, so, okay. See, here's the problem. She's telling you all this stuff. She hasn't cited anything yet. We're going to take a look at a couple of the places that she goes here. She is confident he is alive right now. She's confident of that. You know, how Lindsay was confident of that, how, how long ago? How many decades ago? Five decades ago or so? Um, other people were confident of it. 1948. Oh, see, Israel's back in the land. This is a Bible prophecy, blah, 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 all this stuff. And how do you get to this? And then, oh, it's a he. <clears throat> the only place, and I said this yesterday, the only place, listen to me, guys. And if you want to call in and you want to challenge me, that's fine. I mean, I look, we can have this discussion. 803-619-9855. I'd love to hear from you. If you disagree, that's fine. Okay, we can have we can have a, a discourse together. I don't mind doing that. 803-619-9855. If you if you want to challenge me on you don't think that you think the lady's right in what she's saying here, you're welcome to call in. Love to hear from you. But she says, Oh, it's a man. Now I, I just to reiterate what we said yesterday, only first and second John have the word Antichrist in the Bible. Uh, just that's just a fact that's not entertainment purposes that's not whatever else she said that the facts were uh speculation that's not speculation that's that's the only place where it, where, where it appears first and second john that's the only place in the bible that antichrist appears it does not appear in the book of daniel it doesn't appear in the book of revelation it doesn't appear in first or second thessalonians it doesn't appear in first or second peter It's not in the book of Jude. It's not in any of the Gospels. It's not in any of the Old Testament prophets. That word is not used. Again, you couldn't have Antichrist until you had Christ. So, she says, and you can see this kind of waffling. Oh, did Jesus tell us the name? And then she puts it out as though it's the truth, as though what she's saying is, This is the truth that you should believe here. 
Now, I know some of you are going to think that who she comes up with, which she didn't come up with. There was another guy who did this a long time ago. But I know there's some of you out there that will agree with her about her conclusion, okay? Uh, and on a certain level, I can agree with it, uh, but it's a biblical level, and we'll look at that in just a second. Here she is. Alive and kicking, and many believe, is just raring to go, ready to be ushered in, into power. So first check, checked. He will be a man. Check. Second check, yes, he is very much alive. Second check, check. He will Second, also check, be a check. political leader. Hang, hang on. Second check, check. How, how, did, did we validate he's alive? No, she just threw that in there. And when she said he, she didn't point you to any scripture on that either. She's just going through this thing. Check, check. And then the people are just blindly going along with it saying, okay, how did you come up with that? Hmm. Either a current leader or previously a leader of a nation before. Check, check. Check, check. How, do oh, this? how does she know this? She has not cited any scripture such far, thus far. Do you understand what's going on? She has yet to cite a single scripture here. Well, after the Daniel 9 seven-year peace treaty is signed, which means... Oh, oh, the Daniel... Okay, so hang on, hang on. The Daniel 9 peace treaty. Boy, I, you know, I, we got to look at this one. We, we've been over it so much. And to me, this is so simple. It's so simple to help people understand and get out of this stuff here. Okay? This one is so simple because Daniel 9 is the linchpin, okay, for all of this conjecture, all of this speculation, as she said, not facts, speculation about Antichrist, the seven years. By the way, don't you find it interesting, and I don't know if this lady supports Trump or not. I don't know if she does that or not, so I'm not going to speculate about that. But I do find a lot of people who think like her, and they support Trump. Didn't Trump go over to the Middle East and make a peace treaty? Didn't he do that? Yeah. How many of you would say that Trump is an apostate, at least from what you can see? He went to a quote-unquote Christian Presbyterian church. Of course, I don't know that they were teaching the Christian gospel, but he went there. See, the Antichrist is an apostate. You see that in the context of First and Second John, and we'll look at that in a second. He's an apostate, or an, an Antichrist is an apostate. And notice I said an Antichrist is an apostate. He was one of us, but John says he went, they went out from us because they were not of us. Not because they were of us at one time. No, 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 they were never a part of us. They're making it manifest as what they are. The uh, an antichrist is the same way. An antichrist is someone who has been given the truth, and they reject that truth and say, "Nope, God never came in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ." We're going to see that in just a second, and that's what Scripture says. But she mentions Daniel chapter nine, and if you remember Daniel chapter nine, Daniel is in Babylon. The the people were uh, being under judgment from God. God said he was going to judge them for set. They were going to let the land rest 70 years because they ignored it for 490 years. All right, the Sabbath to let the land rest. And he says, you're going to let that land rest 70 years. So Daniel has been reading Jeremiah. You can read it at the beginning of Daniel chapter 9. 
And what happens? He finds out that 70 years is closing in. And what does he do? He looks to the Lord. He sees what the Lord has said. And he basically says, Lord, bring it to pass. Bring it to pass. Bring your people back into the land. Restore the city of your name. And do so not for the people's sake, but do it for your name's sake. Listen to what he listen to his prayer as he leads up to this uh, peace agreement that was talked about, except the lady doesn't know what she's talking about. Okay. Uh, this is Daniel chapter 9, verse 17. He says, or excuse me, I, I want to back up to 16. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the, thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon the sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, Open thine eyes, and behold, excuse me, and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God. For thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding." At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee. For thou art greatly beloved. Notice what happened. He said, as soon as you started to pray, I was sent with an answer. I got hung up a little bit here, but I was sent with an answer as soon as you uttered the words, Father. As soon as the beginning, at the beginning of the supplications, the commandment came forth. That's what he said. And then he said, you're greatly beloved. You are greatly beloved. And Gabriel shows him something that he didn't know previously. And he revealed something to him that many men think they understand but do not. And they err in that, and they need to have that error corrected. And you say, Tim, are you looking down your nose at people? You think you're better than them because... No, I don't. I really don't. Look, I had this wrong. I was taught it wrong. Now, I want people to see it right because I think when you see it right, it makes a lot of things fall into place. When you don't, you talk like this woman here. Okay? When you don't understand it, you end up talking like this woman here that we're playing. So, Gabriel tells him, Therefore, in verse 23, understand the matter and consider the vision. And he says, just these, these, it's four verses. And I, I, 
I tell you, I've never seen people just distort what's said in these four verses. I, I've just never seen it <laughs> this way. I, I just, uh, anyway. Here's what he says. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. Now, who's, the, who's that going to be? Well, that's the people of Israel who've been taken into captivity. Okay? They're sitting there in Babylon at the time. Daniel's been praying that God would fulfill his word and release them because the 70 years are close. Right? They're, 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 they've almost fulfilled their time of judgment there. He says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish. Look, the, this 70 weeks, let me just, I'm going to try to break it down without being confusing to people. 70 weeks here simply means 70 sevens of years. Okay, so it's 490 years, if that makes sense. So if you want to think of it as 77-year periods, think if you want to think of it that way, you can think of it that way. That's why it says 70 weeks. Okay? It's determined upon thy people, that's the people of Israel, and upon thy holy city, that's Jerusalem. And what's going to happen in those 70 weeks, those 490 years? There's going to be a finish the transgression. There's going to be a making an end of sins. There's going to make a reconciliation for iniquity. There's going to be the bringing in everlasting righteousness to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That's what's going to happen in, 400, in that 490-year time frame. Now, he breaks it up, Gabriel does, real easily. I mean, it's pretty simple. It seems confusing if you just read it and you're, you don't know what's really going on there, but it's really a simple thing. It's really simple. And he breaks it up into two things. So uh, let's look at what he says. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand, because uh, Gabriel obviously wants him to understand when this 70 weeks starts, or these 490 years start. You, you need to know where that is, right? Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah shall be seven weeks. And three score and two weeks. Okay? So he's saying there's going to be 69 weeks. Seven sevens, and then there's three score of these two weeks. Okay? So there's going to be this time period that exists from the command that was given to rebuild the temple and the city. There's going to be 490 years. And from that time, at that time, the prince, Messiah, the prince. That's pretty important, okay? Messiah, the prince, that's when he's going to come on the scene. That's when you're going to see him. I mean, there's a timetable. This is why if you call yourself a Jew, I don't care what tribe, branch, sect, cult that you're from, if you want to refer yourself into the Old Testament in some way or another, if you're going to say, well, the commands to Abraham, and you're going to try to go down that road, I'm going to tell you, you've missed your Messiah. Why? Because your own prophet said, here's the time in which he'll come. And Jesus warned the people of his day. What did he say? What did Jesus tell the Pharisees? He says, you can look at the sky, and you can tell when it's going to rain. But you don't know the time of your visitation. They were all about all kinds of other things, but the Word of God was not a part of their heart. 
They couldn't see. Now, I'm going to tell you, when we did our uh, study, when we planned a church over here in Gastonia, North Carolina, years ago, one of the conclusions we came to was the Pharisees did ultimately understand who Jesus was. They understood exactly who he was. In fact, the parable that Jesus tells about the vine dresser, and he says, you know, he finally says, they're going to listen to my son. Surely they'll listen to my son. And then he tells the story, and he says, and the heir comes, and this is what the guys, the vine, the, the vineyard guys who were taking care of the, the guy's vineyard, this is what they said about him. They said, this is the heir. Let's kill him, and the vineyard will be ours. And he says, what do you think the owner of the vineyard is going to do to those wicked servants? And the Bible says that they perceived he spoke of them. Okay? That he spoke of them. Now, if we go back over here into Daniel chapter 9, one of the things we see, again, is from the command to restore Jerusalem— Till the Messiah, the Prince, that's what we're told. That's that 600, that's that 490 years. I'm sorry. All right. So then, actually, it's seven years short of that. Sorry about that. Then you see the street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. We can read that in the Old Testament. And what do we see there? Well, we see that, uh, you know, the, the people are sent down there to rebuild the wall in the city. And as they're doing that, their enemies are looking afar off and they're wanting to attack them. And so you see the men draw with the, the they've got their sword in one hand and they've got their trowel in the other. They're building the wall and they're defending the wall at the same time. This is where Charles Spurgeon got his famous uh, title for his a weekly paper he put out called The Sword and the Trowel. Uh, that, came, that came right out of Scripture. So then what do we see? Okay, verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So there's going to be seven weeks, 49 years, in which they're rebuilding the city and the wall of Jerusalem. That's, that's why there's a distinction here in verse 25 of seven weeks and then three score and two weeks. Okay? So then he he's already he's coming up and he's saying, okay, They've built the wall, that's the seven weeks. And then he says, after the rest of those weeks pass, and there's only one week left, after the three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. No, what did Jesus say? He took the cup the night of his betrayal, before he was to be crucified, and what did he say? He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for many. Okay? Keep that in mind. What was what was Christ doing with the bread and with the wine at the last table? He was setting forth a covenant. Just like covenants had been given in the old the old covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the Adamic covenant, all of those were given by God. And there were stipulations for each covenant, right? And what is Jesus doing at the Last Supper? He is going to his death, and he is establishing the covenant of which the writer of Hebrews says, the testator must die in order for the beneficiaries to benefit, right? So that's what Jesus is doing. So he says, Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Nope, for the many, for his people, for his sheep. That's who he's being cut off for. And then it says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, 
Now, here he's talking clearly about a different prince, because he's saying, well, the, these people are going to come in, and they're going to destroy the city and the sanctuary. That's clearly about the Romans, because that's what they did. They came in and destroyed Jerusalem. And he says, And the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end the war desolations are determined. But then he says this. Now, who has been the central theme here? Has it been this prince that just kind of shows up here where it talks about the people destroying things? It's not really about him. It's about, the pe- it's about his people, the Romans. Or is that about the Christ? Because if you look from verse 24, who's doing all these things? Finishing... Um, the transgression, making an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, seal of vision and prophecy, anoint the most holy. Who does that? The Messiah. What about verse 25, the very next thing? He's telling you a time when Messiah is going to show up on the scene. Verse 26, what is he telling you about Messiah there? He's going to be cut off, but not for himself. This has nothing to do with an antichrist. It has nothing to do with anything else except Jesus Christ. That's who this passage is about. And look, Verse 27, same thing is true here. And he, this is not Antichrist, it's not even the prince mentioned in verse 26. It's still about the Messiah. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. What do we say a week was? Seven years. Now, real quickly, and I'm going to play, I'm going to try to get back to playing this lady here a second. But to me, this is exciting stuff because you can see it. You, you can see what's going on. He's going to confirm a covenant with many for one week. This is the Messiah. Verse 27, Daniel chapter 9. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Listen. The time frame of 469 years or those three score and two weeks and the, the seven weeks, if you want to say it that way. I'm trying not to be confusing. But after those years pass, Messiah comes on the scene, he's cut off. We're told that in, in what's going on here. In fact, it's very specific. Okay, 490 years have been determined. Now, I want to show you where the error happens. Verse 26. It says, and after three score and two weeks. So we had the 49 years here, seven weeks. That's in verse 25. Then we have three score and two weeks, which leaves us with seven years or one week left, right? Notice what it says here. After, after the three score and two weeks. So that's going to be the total here of the, whatever it was, 469 or whatever, whatever the number, eh. That's going to be that total. And it says this, after that time period. So somewhere, this is what's going on. Somewhere in the final week, the 70th week of Daniel, because that's what it says. It says after. That's what that word means. It means after that time period, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Now, if you go to Luke, one of the things you're going to read is when Jesus began his ministry, Luke records, it says, he began to be about 30 years old. That's what it says. Most of us grew up understanding that Jesus had a ministry that lasted how long? Three and a half years. So he started maybe like 29 and a half. He died at 33. Okay? 
And I can just hear the Mason people going, oh, see, 33s. I've heard people say stuff like that. Anyway. So after, in this final week of Daniel, which this lady was talking about, okay, in the final week of Daniel, it's not about Antichrist. It's about Christ. He confirms a covenant with many. What did I just what did I just quote to you from Luke? This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for the, the world, every single individual is there. No, for many in that it's verbatim. The cup of the covenant shed for many. And when does Jesus do that? When does he do that? In the midst of his, well, at the end of his ministry, but in the midst of a seven-year period. Remember, he started his ministry being about 30. We know he ministered for three and a half years because you can go to the Gospels and you can see each time the feast come along. So you count the calendar, and that's what you come to. But notice what he says. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. I want to ask you something. What does the writer of Hebrews tell us about sacrifices? The blood of bulls and goats never take away sin. They just don't do it. They never have. They didn't do it in the Old Testament. They don't do it in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10, that's where that is. This is why he says if you are willing to walk away from Christ, you don't have a sacrifice for sin because there ain't none. He is the only sacrifice for sin. But Daniel 9 has nothing to do with an antichrist. It has everything to do with Christ. And it's right there in black and white. I, this is not hard. It's not difficult. But if you're, if you're a person that doesn't know better, and I, I'm just going to assume Auntie Colette doesn't know. She's been told these things. She's read a bunch of you know, Left Behind series or Tim LaHaye or something like that. And this is where this stuff comes from. And I understand it. I, I, I get it. I was taught the same stuff. But sooner or later, you're going to have to start digging it out yourself. All right? Here's a little bit more of, uh, of what she had to say here. And you believe is happening as we speak at the SDG Summit. The signing of this peace treaty will usher in the new world, one world government, where all nations come together as one. Mm. And of course, this global one world government, it will need a leader. And they're not exactly going to offer this position. The leader of the world to anybody whose resume doesn't have previous experience of at least leading a nation themselves. It will have to be a previous or current president, dictator, czar, do they still have those? Or king. You can't be a president of a book club or the regional manager of a Burger King. They're not gonna give it to some Tom, Dick, or Harry. No, they're gonna want a dictator for the one world government. So a man, check, with current or previous experience of leading a nation, check, check. That's not in scripture. I mean, she's, the he is, there's obviously he's that are referenced, but so far, what, we, what, she, what we've heard from her is not in Scripture. Her reference to Daniel's, I mean, it's, it's just not there. It's really not. Currently alive and kicking in the world, check, check. And the Bible doesn't tell us that such a man is alive and well in the world and kicking. It says there's many antichrists. Check. All right, don't shoot the messenger, but this next check is going to straight have you picking your jaw up off of the floor. As the next fact I'm about to drop about the Antichrist might not be something that a lot of people know. Hang on to your britches, bitches, because according to the Bible, the Antichrist, this man, will be gay. 
Daniel 11:37 explains this very clear. Neither shall he regard the gods of his fathers, nor the desire of women. Oh, yes, I can pull scriptures out and quote things and just say, this applies to that. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I'm just telling you, this is the problem with when you pull things out of context. And dispensationalism does this like nothing. Well, let me change that. That's not true. Dispensationalism does it a lot. I've seen others do it worse, okay? But it, this is why it's important. If you guys get tired of me that I, you know, I will quote a verse. We're going to do that here in a second out of 1 John. But if you get a little aggravated that I read the context, please don't be aggravated. I'm trying to help you learn something that I learned that helped me tremendously. I really am. Because context tells us who's being talked about, what they're doing. She just pulls this out, Daniel eleven thirty seven, quotes it as though it applies to Antichrist. Then the, the word Antichrist is nowhere in Daniel 11. It's just not there. Okay? It's not. But she quotes it to you, and people on TikTok just going through there, you know, doing their little thing. What, what, what do you call that stuff? They're a little scrolling. On their phones. That drives me batty. The only time I can do that is if I'm just bored out of my skull. I just, I, can't, I don't do it. This is why, guys, don't be offended if you tag me in something. Or, I don't, I just don't see it. Most of the time, I don't see stuff like that. If you get a thumbs up from me or something, that was one of those days I was bored out of my skull. <laughs> it's not, it's not that I don't want to see what people have to ha write and say. It's just, here's the thing. Anyway. Yeah, unfortunately it is. And again, I'm not picking on the lady. I'm just saying she's saying these things and there's really no substance in it. And yeah, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka is going to come up here. And again, she didn't come up with this. I've seen this years ago with a guy who did it. But it, it just kind of shows you... It, it, it makes you wonder... If these people are in their Bibles, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Let me see if we can. I'll say what? Nor regard for any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Uh, ego much? But yep, there you go. Pretty unrefutable facts. That was hard to say. It's not an unrefutable fact. It was her pulling a verse out of context, claiming it was something without any evidence that it goes with that. It's not a fact. It's Bible ping pong. That's what that is. That's Bible ping pong right there, folks. Okay? That's it. Irrefutable facts. Still hard to say. Anywho. Yeah, it, you shouldn't so say it. Check. On this earth already? Check, check. No a check, check. or current ruler or leader? Check, check, check. Nope. And a homosexual with no want or desire for... Did she show you anywhere in her little discussion where the Bible says that this alleged antichrist that she's talking about is alive and well today and he's a current world leader and ruler? No, it didn't. But she checked it off, didn't she? And people believe her when she says that. I, I, Women, check, 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 check. And to be honest, by the time we get to the end of this video, that last fact might make a little bit more sense. It might actually make a lot more sense, as there have been a lot of truths revealed just lately about a certain person. Well, you'll see Oh, yes. at the end. If you know, then you know. He will also obviously not be then, a Christian. Shocked yeah, no. face. 
No, Antichrist, again, <laughs> biblically speaking, Antichrist, First and Second John, it's right there in the middle of apostasy. He is an apostate. He is one who identified as a Christian, but he is an apostate. That's what he that's what an antichrist is. Okay? It's I mean, this is why John goes to great length. I was gonna I'm gonna try to do it. We may go over just a little bit. I'm gonna do it, take you through some of those verses and bring you the context for why the term antichrist is used. It's not just thrown in there, you know, just oh, by the way, antichrist, you need to know about this. No, it's in a context of light and dark, those who are still in their sins and those who are saved from their sins. Okay? It, there's a distinction that's going on. <laughs> but he will also not be an atheist. Oh, I mean, he... if anybody knows God and Jesus are real, yeah, it's him. He will seek to be worshipped and exalt himself over God. But he will claim to be God incarnate, insisting on being worshipped by the masses. He will blaspheme God's name. He will display miraculous powers. And after the seven-year peace treaty is signed, the... Okay, <laughs> again... Even, even what was, stop and think about what we just had. This lady is talking about a seven-year peace treaty. Who was doing the seven-year covenant in Daniel 9? That's what she's referring to. This is the linchpin. You tear this down from underneath these people and they don't have anything to stand on because this is the linchpin. D Daniel chapter 9 Verses 24 to 27 is the linchpin to these lies that are being communicated here. It is the linchpin. If you pull this out, the whole thing crumbles because they don't. This seven year peace treaty, Antichrist, Israel, Messiah, blah, 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 all this stuff, all of it's right there. And that's what they're taking. And look, I really do believe men were deceived in promoting this stuff and they teach others their deceptions. And if people don't follow the Lord, if they're not in the Scriptures themselves, well, they're going to just go right along with it. Look, I was taught the stuff. I was buying into it, and then all of a sudden I had to go to the Scriptures and start digging in it myself because I was going to teach teenagers. And when I got in there digging in myself and reading and taking notes and looking at words and all this other, I was going like, okay, wait a minute. This is not what these guys are talking about. And look. All my friends, my father, all the people in the church that I knew of were all believing this stuff. This was not an easy thing for me. It was easy in the sense that I believed the Lord was teaching me that. The Lord taught me the things about his electing grace that we talked about yesterday. He told me that right off the bat. I never rebelled against that. I never had a—because a, a, I knew what had happened to me. As Bradley says, I'm not speaking out of school. That was the experience that I had, and it lined up perfectly with what the Word of God said. Same thing here. This seven-week or seven-year peace treaty is not a seven-year peace treaty. It's the final week of Daniel in which the Messiah confirms the covenant that he had with his father on behalf of his people. He's confirming a covenant. And it has nothing to do with Antichrist. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness gracious.
the one that is prophesied in Daniel 9, he he's will not, be given full authority to reign. He's not, he's not prophesied. Christ is prophesied in Daniel 9, but this lady doesn't know the difference. She's just spouting off a, 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 a passage of Scripture, no context to support anything that she's saying. And you know what? I'd, I'd love to bring her on and let's have this discussion and let me show her these things. Maybe she would see them. I don't know. Again, mine's not to smack her down, but it is to say, I'm going to tell you this right here. This is the reason why women should be quiet in, this, in the church. Oh, Tim, that's sexist. No, the woman was deceived. Adam knew what he was doing. Boy, he, he got exactly what he deserved because he knew what he's doing. The woman was deceived. And Paul says that they shouldn't have authority to be teaching in the church. This lady right here is an example of that. Now, can she have an opinion? She, can she read and be intelligent? And, yeah, sure. There's a lot of godly women who are really smart. Some of them are super discerning. They've got great gifts. Um, they can do pretty much anything the man can do as far as certain things. They could, they could do that if, if that's what it was, but the role is not that. That's the point. Okay, so when I say that, it's not a shot at somebody's. This is what Scripture teaches us. Last for 42 months, three and a half years, at which time he will break the peace treaty. He will have full control over the world's economy. There's no the peace treaty. Currency during his reign, which many believe and speculate will be the mark of the beast. Again, this is purely for entertainment purposes only. Oh. All these facts are purely speculation, TikTok. Okay, so your facts are speculation and this is entertainment. Was she given doctor advice here? Why, why do you need to keep saying that? I don't get it. We're just having fun. With this one world currency, he will implement a mandatory means for things like payments. Recent news has been all a buzz about a chip in your hand. I believe Amazon Prime already has that as well. But under this, with the one world currency, if you do not have this, you will not be able to buy, sell, trade, or barter, just like it says in the Bible. The chip. Well, it doesn't really say that. It says... You can't buy or sell. Doesn't say anything about bartering or trading. Doesn't say anything about that. It says you can't buy or sell. Can't be in that beast system. And again, anybody who's listened to my What Was the Mark of the Beast, you can see that at settingbrushfires.com. Just go in there and do the search and put What Was the Mark of the Beast. You'll see they had this back around in the first century. They were keeping people from buying and selling who would not burn incense to Caesar. And they had to wear his little coin on their hand or on their forehead in order to buy or sell, even back then. Even back then. Now, do you think there were people who were still bartering, trading, buying and selling and stuff in little pockets? Sure, there probably were. There probably were. But again, this is the problem when you don't stick to chip the Chip in the hand, the mark of the beast. Causing those who take the chip, the mark of the beast, to worship the beast. <sighs> pledging allegiance to the beast, taking the chip in the hand in order to buy... She's not made any argument from Scripture. She's not exegeted Scripture. She's not gone to Scripture in the context or any of this stuff. Yet she's telling everybody all this, quote-unquote, facts, but she's really speculating. That's really what she's doing here. Seller trade. Now remember, guys, if you take the mark of the beast, that's a big no-no. Just don't. He will desecrate God's temple. He will turn on Israel after 42 months. He will cause Earth's army to fight against God's saints and the angels. It's already happened, lady. AD 70. The siege. Romans did it. Again, if you haven't listened to the Kingdom series we had, it's all there. You can find it on the channel, Rumble. 
Sons of Liberty Radio Live. You can go find it on Setting Brush Fires over there on Rumble. Settingbrushfires.com. You can find it there. I, I did the series. Several, several of these where we went through the context where we show you what's going on. And she's saying, nope, that's still out in our future. And then his final destination after all of this busy, busy stuff that he's been doing, he will be cast into the lake of fire. So now we kind of know about the Antichrist, his attributes, his timeline, and his plan. No, Let's we don't. Let's get down to why you're still watching. The we entire point of this video. The Antichrist name given to us by Jesus himself. Oh, his, Who did Jesus tell us exactly in the Bible Listen. the Antichrist just might be? First things first, it is vital for you to understand one thing. Jesus speaks in parables through the, the scriptures. Parables are basically riddles, hints, and clues. You can't just read the words and simply leave it at that. Mm -mm. Oh, no. You must see beyond what is written on those pages. Through discernment of the Holy Spirit, you must have eyes to see and ears to hear. These parables are clues that must be deciphered. Knowing that Yeshua, Jesus, gave us all of the answers right there in that book, it is now up to us to decipher and figure them out. We are that generation that the Bible speaks of. The generation that shall not pass away. No, until we're all of not. These prophecies oh are my goodness. I mean, again. We are not that generation. She said, oh, this takes discernment. This takes deciphering. We, can I get a decoder ring for that? No. What she's going to tell you is about Hebrew words. That's not deciphering. That's merely studying the original language of what was used there. Okay? And then this stuff, or the generation. How many of you guys remember, class? How many How many you remember? We went through the, the Matthew 24. Who is, who is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the people who are listening to him. The ones that see these things coming that he said is going to come on that temple to leave no stone on another. That's context. This is, this is passing for Christianity, by the way. Has been for, I don't know how, how long. It's been gaining ground. This kind of stuff right here. And I'm going to tell you what. This stuff right here is, is, is part of exactly why. It's a number of things that go on. This stuff right here is a part of why a lot of people look at Christians like, you guys are nuttier than a fruitcake. Okay? This is what they do. Now, she's got about three minutes here. So what I'm going to do, and I know I'm interrupting her, I, but it's, it's just like everything that comes up is based off an error. And it's a simple error that can be corrected. So if you are caught up in this, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to show you it's an error. And I, I think I can show you that because I bought into it too at one time. Okay? So here's the thing. Bradley, be with you at 3. We're going to hold over just for a little bit. SonsofLibertyMedia.com. BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. And also Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning, bright and early. 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Otherwise, we're going to see you on the other side, sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. Let's just get right to this. We'll get this because i got a couple of scriptures I want to bring in here as well. So take a listen. So who is the Antichrist? A man. A man, alive and well. A previous leader with homosexual tendencies. Come on, Auntie, just spill it. All right, okay, let's go. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from the heavens. Now remember, Jesus speaks to us in riddles. And that beautiful Bible that you are reading in English has been translated from its original tone. Jesus spoke in Aramaic, the oldest form of Hebrew. So when Jesus said he saw Satan falling like lightning from the heights of the heavens, know this, a simple Google search is about to rock your world. 
just like it rocked mine months and months ago. What is the Hebrew word for lightning? The Hebrew word for lightning? Barak. Spoiler alert, I bet you can guess what the Hebrew word is for great heights. Oh, yeah. Hi. Okay, so <laughs> Barak is not spelled like Barack Hussein Obama Satora Sabarka. Okay, so just I'm just throwing this out here just because there's a word that sounds like it doesn't mean it is what they're trying to make it to be. Okay? And you can see where she's going with this. Again, this is not her doing. This was out years ago. Okay? High place or high places? Oh, yeah. That's right. Bama. Oh, it gets better. Because you know oh, grandma. Oh, it was Bama. It was, wasn't Obama. It was Bama. B-A-M-A-H. <laughs> this is... I'm telling you, how many of you guys have ever seen Gail Ripplinger? If you don't know who Gail Ripplinger is, um, she's a few nuts shy of a Snickers bar, okay? When you listen to this, she wrote this big old book. It's about that thick. It's called New Age Bible Versions. Now, I'm going to tell you, um, I do not hold the King James Bible up as though it is, um, uh, you know, it dropped out of heaven, that this is the inspired Word of God in that way. I believe the inspired Word of God was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and, and Greek. That's the, the, the things that we have are, are copies of the original autographs, because obviously somebody had to have the original autograph there, and what we've had is copies. Okay. Anybody who wants to understand this subject, I would highly recommend, and we tried to bring James White on the show, but I hadn't been able to get him on. But uh, James wrote a little book called The King James Only Controversy. I would highly recommend you read it. It's easy to understand. And then if you want to find, he's got uh, videos where he uh, debates guys who are King James Only guys, and he begins to show them how the King James itself has some problems in translation. In fact, uh, the book of Revelation actually has words in it that were never heard for 16 centuries um, because Erasmus was trying to get his Greek text ready um, from a translation from the Latin Vulgate from a translation from the Greek text again. Okay, um, So you have all that going on. But I would highly recommend you do that because uh, this is it, it's very important to understand that. But Gail Ripplinger, she wrote this thing... You just, I, I don't know how you help a person like that. She would just go down this trail and she would say the white star lines and the Lucifer rising was a movie and she ties all these little things. That, and it just sounds like somebody, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to, how to explain it. I don't want to say she's got her, she's putting all this stuff. She's just stringing along stuff to sound like she's important, but she sounds like, she doesn't have a clue about anything. And that's what I get right here with this. It's just throwing something out there. You have no basis for believing and hoping everybody else believes what you're throwing out there. I, that's what it's like. And look, I understand it because you're taught a certain thing. And I'll guarantee you that probably Auntie Coletti, Colette, or I hope I'm saying her name. I'm not trying to. I hope that she's actually doing word studies. I'm hoping she's actually doing Bible studies and stuff. But this stuff right here, this is problematic. It's really problematic because it gets in other people's heads that what she's saying is true because, the, well, they're trusting her to do it. Grammar and all, to link the two words 
In Hebrew, they use wav, either a U or an O as a conjunction. So if we were to translate into Hebrew, lightning from heaven or of the heights, and we were to read that verse as Jesus had in Aramaic, in Hebrew, where he said he saw Satan falling like lightning from great heights or from heaven, it would actually translate to this. And I saw Satan fall like Barack Obama instead of lightning from the heights. I saw Satan fall like Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like Barack Obama to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the Lord said. (sighs) All right, here's more. At least in my book, it does. Many things have come out about Barack Obama recently. Many. One of which is his name is actually not Barack Obama, but his actual birth given name is Barry Sotero. Somewhere in his lifetime, Barry Sotero became Barack Hussein Obama. Hmm. And if this is true, and his name really is Barry Sotero, then did he, a man, a former president, who there has now been recently great proof, is in fact, and has been a homosexual man, choose the name Barack Obama? Perhaps already knowing what we are all just now discovering was the actual name that Yeshua told us would be the name of the Antichrist. Oh, he did not... This is the, do you see the, the ridiculous that like just jumped right outside of her, of her head? This is who Jesus said would be. Now it's not a speculation. Now it's not, oh, this is a really cool thing. You know, it's kind of interesting. And I, I confess it's interesting. Now it's Jesus actually told us the name of the Antichrist and it's Barack Hussein Obama. Gosh. Is there any critical thinking skill at all going on here? At all? I don't think there is. It's almost as if, look, I I can't judge the the lady's, uh, her heart, because I don't know it. God does, but it's almost like I'm going to stick this stuff out here to see how many views I can get or whatever. Forget that I can't really back it up. I can't go to the text and read it in context and hold it out to the people and really give them the truth, I'm going to speculate that when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. See, this is the part she's missing. He didn't say, I saw Barack Obama, or however it was pinned there. I didn't see him falling like lightning. I saw Satan falling like lightning. Are we to believe that this lady here, who's told us all this stuff, are we to believe that she actually thinks that Jesus said Satan, Barack Obama? Because that's what she's just told you. That's what she just told you. She said that verse, we got to decipher it. We got to put the the, the biblical decoder ring on. Got to be discerning. And the text that Jesus said where he said he saw Satan fall like lightning really says Satan, Barack Obama. That's what it, that's what she's, and she says, see, there he's telling us the name of the Antichrist. Is that what Jesus is telling the people? It's not what he's telling. He really choose to change his name and call himself Barack Obama. Knowing the scripture translation of lightning and great heights describing the, the birth certificate was in fact Barack Obama. Did Barry Sotero in fact actually give himself the name of the Antichrist? 
It's not exactly the most common names. I mean, really, y'all, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Yeah. Did we just crack the code? What are the odds that you should tell people where you got this from because you didn't get it on your own? That's the first thing. Look, guys, I'll tell you, when I do articles, if I'm going to cite somebody, link to whatever, I always put a link to their stuff. I always give them credit for the stuff. Why doesn't she give credit to the people who came before her spouting the same nonsense? And it is nonsense. It's, in fact, it's, it's such a, an egregious heresy, not a heresy, an error here, that she keeps referring to She said, Jesus told us the name of Anna. Where did Jesus say that? He didn't say that. Simple-minded people who don't do their own due diligence. Of who just the a couple of seconds. might be. Again, I just he might. Oh, wait a minute. He might be. See, she throws this out here. This is how sophistry works. You throw it out. You're not contemplating it. It's one thing to do. Look, it's one thing to do things like you read something. You got a pen in hand. Maybe you make a note. You ponder it a little bit. Maybe you talk with somebody, you say, hey, you know, I read this, I'm kind of thinking along this. I don't think it's this, but I am thinking about some of these things. Um, that's one thing. This right here is throwing it out, saying, Jesus named the name of the Antichrist. Well, could he have named it? It's possible. I mean, she keeps going back from facts to speculation all over the place. Very little facts, a lot of speculation. Do with them what you will. Guys, Yeshua is coming back soon. Please repent, turn from sin, give your life fully to Christ. And I'm just going to have to leave you now with this. Okay, she's got a mic drop. Uh, on the last part, I can I, I can agree. We, we need to repent, no question about it. I have a question about whether Jesus is coming back soon, um, seeing that when he said he was coming back, he came back and he did what he said he would do. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I agree with the last part, repentance of sin. Good. That's a good way to end things. I, but the premise of all the other stuff, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And again, I'm just going to pick up these from yesterday. I'm going to read them to you in the context so you see why they're, they're there. There are four uh, verses in the Bible— Okay, that deal with the term Antichrist. Four verses in the whole Bible, and they're only in two books of the Bible. And they're not in Daniel, and they're not in Revelation. They're in First and Second John. So, let's pick up, I'll save Second John for last. We're going to pick up First John chapter 2. And I want you to see the... Um, the context of what he's saying, okay? Um, actually, yeah, I'm wanting to go up here because I think this will help. I think it will help some people out there who may go through this and they not see uh, what's going on here. Um, okay, so verse 8, 1 John chapter 2. Again, a new covenant or a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. And you'll see John in his epistle, he's contrasting the real believer with the with the one who's not a real believer. That they may claim that they're Christ, but they're not. 
Okay, he's contrasting that. He he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Verse 11, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children. Now he's going to break this down, okay, into levels of maturity. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Now, just real quickly, you'll see he breaks up children and sons and or young men and fathers. So there's different levels of maturity that he's speaking to in the church. Okay, so for the little children, he says, I write to you so that you know your sins are forgiven you. It's the, ba- it's the most basic thing of a follower of Christ, that their sins are forgiven. This is baby, this is baby stuff. This is the baby food, right? It's the milk. So this is the milk of the word. Verse 13, I write unto you fathers. Because you have known him that is from the beginning. In other words, you have walked with the Lord. You know him intimately. You know who he is. You know how how he operates. You know what he said. You've experienced him. Your fathers, your mature. I write unto you, young men. Okay, so these are the guys, you know, teens, 20s, if you want to take that kind of approach, 30s maybe. They, They know enough or they know certain things, they've graduated past the milk, they they know their sins are forgiven, they're starting to flex spiritual muscles, they're starting to understand how they're to behave, uh, what they're to be involved in, they understand their gifts and things of that nature, and so they're, they're starting to do some of these things, but they still have a lot of learning to go, a lot of maturing to do. He says, I, I write unto you a young man because ye have overcome the wicked one. So these guys have some maturity on them to where they're overcoming They're not succumbing to their sin. They're overcoming it. And then he says, I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. It's kind of like what he said to him before. Your sins are forgiven. And you know you've got a Father. He's forgiven you. And then he says, I've written to you fathers. He goes back here again. Because you have known him that is from the beginning. You know the one true God, Yahweh. You know Him. You have seen His wonderful works in the pages of Scripture and in the li- in your life and in the life of others and in history. You've seen that. You know Him. And I've written unto you, young men, because you're strong. And the Word of God abideth in you. And ye have overcome the wicked one. He says it again. What are the young, strong men? I mean, it's the same thing that happens today, isn't it? See, young men, they want purpose. They want to do something. They want to fight. <sighs> they want to fight, man. They want to take the hill. And that's why they have all that energy. They need to have it directed and they need to have purpose and maturity so that they can fulfill what God has put them here for. And when that's not done... They direct it in a place it doesn't need. They go join gangs. They get involved in all kinds of other stuff. Instead of pushing forth the kingdom, using that energy in the advancement of the kingdom of God. He goes on and he tells them this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, all that was right there in the garden too, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, little children. Notice who he's talking to again. Little children. Not the fathers. Not the young men. The little children. It is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Notice he says this. You have heard that Antichrist shall come. Now, some people say when he writes this, because this is the only time he's, he speaks of Antichrist uh, as a singular thing when he mentions the term Antichrist, okay? You've heard that Antichrist. Some people say this was a rumor that was put around and he John is correcting it. I can kind of see that. I can see that. Or it's possible one of the emperors were there. And many have suggested that Nero was this Antichrist. His name definitely fits the bill uh, for the numerical equation that's given to us in Revelation 13, 17. Sorry, my mouth was dry again. But he says, you've heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now, first century, are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Again, go back to the kingdom series over the last days. We went through every place in the scripture where last days, end times, end days, all that stuff was. We read it. We found out they're talking about the end of the old covenant. That's what they're talking about. I think that's what John's talking about. We know it's the last time. We know we're at the end of this old covenant age. Why? There are many antichrists. You can't have antichrists until you have Christ. And so they had Christ. Now they've got antichrists. And then he says this. Notice this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Who did that? Who went out from them? Who went out from John and the believers and were not of them? The antichrists, the many antichrists that existed at that time. They're apostates. By the way, I understand that is part of the title of what Bradley's book is that's coming out, this third one. Children of the Apostate, I think is what the title is. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is. And John says, For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. What's the difference between the Antichrist and these he's writing to, these children, these fathers, these young men? He says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know, know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And whoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. This is pretty plain and straight, I think. When you just simply read the text in context, I think it becomes very clear. I think it, I think it just becomes easy to understand. You don't have the speculation. You're not doing silly TikTok videos like we, we're playing here. 
You're not speculating on all this other stuff. You're bringing home what God has actually said, not what he's not said. Here again, this is 1 John 4, 3, another place where the word antichrist is used. So 1 John chapter 2, two places that antichrist is used. You see the context of what he's saying and why he throws it in there. Look at what he says here at 1 John 4, 3. Or excuse me, the context of 1 John 4, 3, beginning verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. That's what we're doing with this video, by the way, that we're playing. We're seeing it's of God. Is it of God or is it not of God? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, you guys remember, we had uh, the gathering demoniac, and he says, you're the Holy One of Israel, you're the Christ, blah, blah, blah. The, the, we read James, he says, he know, the devils know that uh, there's a God and they tremble. All this, so does that mean... Since uh, the, the demons would recognize that Jesus came in the flesh and they would call him the Holy One of Israel and, you know, he, uh, he's come to torture him before the time and all this other stuff. Does that mean that, that really they're good spirits? No, that's not what it means. He goes on. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, again, first century, already is it in the world. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've overcome who? You've overcome who? Those with the spirit of Antichrist. I mean, that's the context of what he's talking about here. They are of the world, verse 5. Who's the they? Who is this they? Who is them? It's these spirits that do not confess Jesus has come in the flesh. They are not of God. They are Antichrist. Listen, when you get guys coming to your door, knocking on your door, telling you that Jesus is a spirit brother of Lucifer, or he's a created being and his name is Michael, or you, you've got uh, people who, who don't recognize that God clothed himself in flesh and the person of Jesus Christ, even as the same John who wrote these epistles wrote the gospel, and he says, in the beginning was God, and the Word was God, and the Word... Yeah, I've messed that up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's the one telling you who Jesus is. And here in 1 John 4, 3, he talks about Antichrist again, and what does he say? It's the one who does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. Muslim ideology, Islamic ideology, rejects that. No matter what they say about believing in Jesus, they believed he was a real man that existed, he was a prophet, but they don't believe his prophecies, uh, and they certainly don't believe he's God in the flesh because they don't believe God can come in the flesh. That's Islamic ideology. That is purely Antichrist. Same thing with Judaism, by the way. They don't believe that Jesus was God come in the flesh. They, 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 we, read, we read the passage, John 6, John 8. They called him a devil. 
Here's the last one, 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. Beginning in verse 4. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, he's talking to the church, that's why he refers it that way, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. Let me ask you something. Is the love you promote for God or for your fellow man, is it something other than walking after his commandments? If it is, it's not love. It's something else, but it's not love. John says, and this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers, why should we walk in it? For many deceivers are entered in the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth, transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, and it continues on. We don't have that part right there, but it says, lest you partake in his evil deeds. You got somebody knocking on your door, wanting to tell you, give you a watchtower, give you you know, a Quran or whatever, all this, you you should share the truth of the gospel with them. I don't, I don't think you should turn them away without giving them the truth of the gospel and call them to repentance. But you don't welcome them in your house, and you don't bid them a good day, lest you take part in what they're doing, which the Bible says is evil deed. Now, let me see if I can break this down real quick, and we'll close out the show. In my 54 years, almost 55, I have seen so many people point fingers, both in the church and outside the church. This guy's the Antichrist. That, I can remember, what's his name? Uh, Jack Van Impey. I can remember that guy saying, oh, Juan Carlos of Spain looks like he's going to be the Antichrist. I, I see the people when King Charles got in power. Oh, it looks like he'd be... See, Auntie Coulette and other people, and there's been a whole lot of... It's not just her. There's been a lot of other people. Oh, it's Barack Hussein Obama, Satoris Barca. Some people have said, oh, it's Donald Trump. Oh, it's Joe Biden. Oh, it was Ronald Reagan. Oh, it was Bill Clinton. Oh, it was George W. Bush. Oh, it was George H.W. Bush. Oh, it was Henry Kissinger. I'm sure somebody thinks that uh, terrorist Teddy over there at the World Health Organization is one. They are antichrists. Okay, they aren't antichrists. They clearly are antichrists. The way they live their lives, the way they conduct themselves, it's all bearing witness to the fact that they don't confess that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh, uh, coming to the world in the flesh, all of that's very clear. Same thing is true with the Pope. I mean, he takes the title for goodness' sake, Vicar of Vicarious Christi, the Vicar of Christ. He's in the place of Christ, and his gospel is opposed to Christ. I got the Byzantine Catholics sending me emails like virtually every day against uh, Pope Francis, and they go, "Oh, he's become apostate." And I just wrote him back and I said, "Guys." All the popes of the Roman Catholic Church are apostate. They don't hold to the gospel. 
They never have. You don't have to tell me. I don't need to hear from you. The fact you think a pope should be put in place tells me there's serious question about what you think. My Bible tells me that I have one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I don't need a pope. I don't need a priest. Hey, listen, guys, when I ask you guys to pray, I ask you to pray with me, not for me. Why? Because I already have access to the Father through the Son. But I'm asking you to pray with me, to agree with me. But for many people, they want somebody else to pray for them. They're kind of like Simon in the book of Acts. Peter, will you pray for me? <laughs> pray for yourself, man. Your money perish with you. What? The person who wants somebody else to pray for them is a person who doesn't have that relationship there with the Lord. No, we call on people to pray with us for what we're desiring. And hopefully those things are godly desires. We've been in the Word, so our desires should flow from that. But this pen to tell on the Antichrist stuff, guys, I'm telling you, it's dangerous. It undermines the truth of the gospel. And it makes you look like, well, it makes you look like you don't know what you're talking about. It makes you look like you're a little kid who's going along with whatever shiny thing somebody throws in front of their face. And so when I, when I saw this, I thought, there are a lot of people out there who think like this lady. Look, I was one of them. I, I confess that. I was one of them. But if you get into the Word, if you get into the Word of God itself, and you start reading it, and you start thinking on it, and you start contemplating, you will not come to these conclusions that this lady's come to. You're just not going to come to it. There's no way you're going to come to it. Well, we're going to talk about this. I think maybe next week we're going to talk, Lord willing. Um, I really want to do a show, or maybe two, or a series, if we can do it, on the hope of Israel. Simply because of the deception that's, that's in our lives right now. And a lot of it centers around what we're seeing with Israel, uh, modern-day Israel, um, a lack of biblical understanding, um, and just some basic ignorance from the people. And I, if I can help in that, I want to try to help. I mean, look, the things that I know, I know because I went through them. That doesn't mean I know everything, because I, I certainly don't. You guys know that. <laughs> a guy who can't uh, pronounce anatomy correctly, uh, you know that I have my issues too, right? So I, I don't put myself on a place where I'm not, but I do know where I've come from. I do know things that I've struggled with. I do know things that I was confused about. I do know things that I was in error about. And if I can help people get out of those errors or correct those things, what I find many times is those people will later on come and correct me on something that I needed correction on. But they couldn't correct me on it because they were stuck with something that they needed my correction on uh, to drive that. 
So, uh, you know, I understand how iron sharpens iron. I understand that, and I'm grateful to God for it. So with that said, I'm going to leave you with it. All of this will be up in the archive if you want to check it out later at sonsoflibertymedia.com. But uh, again, yeah, I, I'm not trying to, you know, backhand Auntie Coolette, but I think she's just a victim of bad teaching, and I don't think she's done it herself, and I don't know if she's married, but if she's not married, her husband isn't directing her in in the right way there either. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to have them on if they want to come on the show, you know, uh, hit the contact button on sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'd love to have you on, and we'll have a conversation about it. And this is not an issue about individuals. It's an issue about the truth. It's an issue about the doctrine of Christ. That's what it's about. And all of these people pushing Antichrist in the manner that's being pushed, pulling it out of its context, are not doing the church a service, and they're dishonoring God in the process. They really are. I, I just I don't know any other way to say it. I really don't. Bradley, be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll see you back here in the morning, 8 a.m., bright and early, with Kate Shimrani. Talk to you then.